Welcome to Barnyard Language. We are Katie and Arlene, an Iowa sheep farmer and an Ontario dairy farmer, with six kids, two husbands, and a whole lot of chaos between us. So kick off your boots, reheat your coffee, and join us for some Barnyard Language, honest talk about running farms and raising families. In case your kids haven't already learned all the swears from being in the barn, it might be a good idea to put on some headphones or turn down the volume. While many of our guests are professionals, they aren't your professionals. If you need personalized advice, consult your people. Welcome to another episode of Barnyard Language. Thanks for joining us here on the farms today. And Katie and I are back and we are happy that you are here with us. And so, Katie, as usual, I'm going to ask what's going on in Iowa. What's happening on the farm? What's happening with the kids? How are you? All that stuff. Um... Not a whole heck of a lot. We got kind of a surprise snowstorm on Thursday. It was one of those where they've, you know, forecast snow, but it's like equal chances that it'll be half an inch or like 15 inches. So like just either enough that you could, yeah, you could go out in your slippers or it'll be knee deep. Um, Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Um, So what'd you get? We got about six inches. Um, That's good. I don't know what that is in Canadian. That's all right. Um, we know yeah. where where our farm is. Um, something about the topography means that a lot of storms go like ten miles north of us, and so we tend to be right on the edge of things. So it's it's hard to tell what we're going to get at any given point. Um, so the kids had a snow day, which they enjoyed, and other than that, not a not a whole heck of a lot going on. Um, starting to think a little more seriously about lambing and doing that. And not petting my cats enough, apparently, because there's one trying to climb on me right now. Yes, um, it pushed its way into the office just before we started. Yeah, he let himself in, and now he's sitting here. Um, we got a new mattress yesterday, which was amazing. But I stupidly went for the redneck crossfit route and took a king size uh inner spring mattress up the stairs by myself which was uh um, 100 140 pounds it was <laughs> and it's yeah. 15 steps uh-huh. um but i had a very nice night's sleep <laughs> but now you're sore from saggier draggier yeah. yeah well and i also fell twice on Thursday because there's ice and now there's six inches of snow on top of the ice. And I'm too old for that kind of shit. So that's about it. Uh, How are things in Canada, Arlene? Can you speak for the entire nation or maybe just Ontario? Yeah, maybe even Ontario is a bit of a stretch, but I'll just go for myself. Yeah. Um, So my husband and I actually left the farm for a few days this week. He was a delegate for the Dairy Farmers of Ontario annual general meeting. So we took the train to Toronto and uh, pretended to be city people for a couple of days. Well, you know, anyone who is from the city can tell that all of these dairy farmers wandering around were not from the city. But it's really convenient because the hotel where it's held is attached via underground tunnels to the train station. So we have a train station not even 10 minutes from our house. So we got on there and got off right outside the hotel. And so it was really fun because we got to see a lot of friends from university days and different parts of our life, dairy farmers from across the province and some from other parts of Canada too. So 
that was fun. Got to wear real clothes for a few days, you know, like not chore clothes or leggings. So it was a whole different and area of my wardrobe. I was like, oh, these clothes. The ones say, that how I many things did you house. find that you'd forgotten about? Yeah, there were some of those. And uh, yeah, I had to do some trying on because things, uh, some didn't fit, but that's all right too. Uh, yeah, so that was fun. Can you share with our guests, with our listeners, how late you were at the hospitality suite, Arlene? I was really impressed when I heard this. So night one, we had milked cows in the morning and then taken the train and we got to the wine and cheese, but didn't hit the hospitality suites afterwards. But night two, we made it to 3 a.m. So that was pretty impressive. I and, don't uh, have any don't idea the last do. time I was out. I mean, um, probably 15 years ago or close to it. Yeah. Maybe. Now, there was a little nap before the banquet, so that uh, that was what made that, that possible. And then a few years ago, pre-pandemic, we had gone and left right after the meetings were done. And we said, at that point, if we do this again, we'll see if we can stay an extra night and do something in the city while we're here. So we actually did that. We booked an extra night, and we went to see a musical. We went to see Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat in one of the theaters in Toronto. So that was really fun, too. And then it didn't feel like it was just meeting, meeting, and then back on the train home. So that was good. And my mother-in-law was fantastic and made sure everybody was fed and got to school. And they ended up with a surprise snow day, too. So they had one day off while she was here. But she said everybody was good. So, yeah, it all worked out. I'm a big fan of building some recreation into meetings and appointments and things. I feel like, you know, as someone who's had to do a lot of traveling for medical stuff and that if you drive an hour and a half by yourself to go to an appointment and then sorry the cat is <sighs> this is, this is um, the cat getting involved in recording this is the cat helping record you know if you drive an hour and a half to an appointment and your appointment's like 15 minutes long and then you get in the car and drive home it's really mm -hmm. lame but if you can get a friend to go with you or plan a fun errand or stay an extra night or whatever it is, then it's like yeah. a fun day out that happens to be interrupted by this lame thing for 15 minutes. Yeah, know. yeah, exactly. Um, and like I mean, in this situation where you've already got, you've already got help lined up, right? You're, you're having to yeah. do the work of getting people to look after things at home, whether that's kids or cows or sheep or whatever, right? So, you know, another 24 hours of that help you know, when the kids were little might may have been a lot more challenging to do. But now that they're older and in school all day and my oldest, well, my oldest two especially already have their chores down and, you know, they do the things in the barn they need to do and they're pretty responsible to make sure that stuff gets taken care of. So it's it's a little bit of extra work for everybody at home, but it's it's not as not as stressful as it would have been three or four years ago for sure. Yeah, it's definitely once you've broken the momentum of getting out of the house and off the farm, you might as well just go enjoy yourself because mm -hmm. you've already done the hard part of getting yeah. out. Yeah, so. the logistics of, of planning everything is already mostly done. Yeah. Yeah, so um, this week's episode is one that Katie and I have been dreaming about. Is that uh, fair to say, Katie? I didn't know you could fangirl that hard, Arlene. It yes. was impressive. I mean, everybody yeah. knows how overly excitable I am, but I don't think yeah. anyone expected it from you. Yes, for sure. It was so sweet. For our 
farming uh, listeners, you might not recognize this person's voice, but for anyone who, like us, listens to One Bad Mother, you will know Biz, and so this is a big moment for us because, as longtime listeners know, Katie and I met through the One Bad Mother podcast and the One Bad Mother community, so getting Biz to come on the, the show with us was a really exciting time. So we hope that you guys enjoy this interview, even just a small percentage as much as we enjoyed being able to talk to her. Today, Katie and I are so excited to be talking to Elizabeth Ellis, or Biz, from California, who's the host of the One Bad Mother podcast. And whether she knows it or not, she's the reason that Katie and I met and are now podcasters ourselves. So Biz, we start each of our interviews with the same question, kind of like you do. And this is a way to introduce yourself to our listeners. So our question is, what are you growing? So for our farming and ranching guests, this covers crops and livestock, but it also covers families, businesses, anything else that you want to tell us about. So Biz, what are you growing? Okay. I'm, well, I do try to grow things in the backyard. And what I've learned after years of trying to grow in raised garden beds is to completely ignore them for one year. And then things will start growing near the garden bed. I grew sunflowers the size of like, you know, six foot ladders. And they were just not where I planted, not where I planted them. Uh, My sunflowers this year were stunning and I didn't plant any sunflowers. Yeah, exactly. I'm just like, oh, and also I grew, we have a small poppy uh, field in our backyard because one poppy, the California native flower that people go go to special places to see, you can come to my backyard and see them because those things grow like uh, uh, like COVID. And then finally, uh, the blackberries that I planted when we first moved into uh, this house, so like, I don't know, eight, nine years ago, uh, are just, they won't ever die. And I'm not sure my neighbors appreciate uh, how much those little blackberry plants just sprout up they sprout up in all kind of place i'm like how is this all the way over here so um you're welcome neighbors so anyway those, those are the things i am i am growing and you're growing a couple of kids too yes i am growing children and i am growing uh growing a what else am i growing i care for my parents too so i'm growing whatever that growth is and uh that's about it. Yeah, that's the, that's a lot of growth. It's a lot of lot of growing. I'm growing my love for television shows every once in a while too. Trying to Same. find something and puzzles. So, is how old are your kids? I found out since having my own that they yeah. do get older. They like, do fast. I always thought that you know, like oh, you blink and you're 16 thing was bullshit. Yeah. But <laughs> blah. yeah, I, you know. Sometimes I wish I could blink and that would happen uh i feel like i feel like the there's a lie between uh or maybe not a lie but more of a uh, we need clearer communication that it's not blink and they're older it's like blink uh and then some like serious uh stunting <laughs> and then and then poof, they're older and then something else horrible and long uh it's happening so my youngest is ellis and they are eight not nine i want them to be nine but they're not but they will be nine very soon uh and then raiden who is our teen at 13 so that's the and then three cats steve 
Roxy and Pete. And then my husband, Stefan. But we don't really care about how old they are. They're younger. The That's all that matters. <laughs> I just love that you have a cat named Steve. Because you know, as... you know, it's named after Steve from Stranger Things. Because in season two, when Steve is protecting all of those younger kids on a bus and has a bat full of nails, step out. I stood up in the den and yelled, if we ever get a dog, we're naming the dog Steve. And then we never got a dog because we cannot handle that additional energy in the house. So we got another cat and we named it Steve. And the children really were upset that they had no say. <laughs> we have a cat named Chad. And I love that, you know, when I take him to the vet or whatever, and they're like, what's his name? And I'm like, it's Chad. And they just kind of give you this look. I'm like, you wait till you see his personality. He's a Chad. Like, there oh. was no question. He's. Is he hunky? He's a Chad. Is he a Oh, he thinks Chad? he is. Yeah. He thinks yeah. he is. He's just got the worst goddamn attitude in the world. <laughs> and Arlene, he, he got into some rat poison at the neighbor's house last week and almost died. Apparently, there's no oh, rat no. poison left because he ate all of it. That's the kind oh. of personality Chad has. He's very efficient. Chad. He's like, he's I'll real, take on the rats and the poison. He's a real fuck around and find wow. out kind of dude. You know? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so obviously a few of our listeners have probably not heard of your podcast. Um, so what can you tell us a little bit about One Bad Mother and why you do it and how you do it and who you talk to and, you know. Uh, yeah. The elevator pitch for why people should give up listening uh, to us to come listen to you. Or they can no, listen to both. No, you can listen I mean, to you know. multiple things. There are endless hours of the day to have voices in your head that you asked to be there. So Isn't it great? Uh, oh, so I'm like, I got voices in my head, but I asked for them. They're not just I like asked for them. <laughs> hanging out in there. That's right. Arlene is and questioning can... this whole thing yeah. right now. I can see her face. So, One Bad Mother has been around for about 10 years. Uh, it was something that I had been thinking about after having my first child, Raiden. And I, there was this moment where I was like, I used to be really cool. Okay, guys, I lived in New York City, and I did comedy, and I was out at night, and like, woo, I'm cool. And, uh, and then suddenly, I was not because of like wording that I didn't even choose. It was like, as soon as somebody said, mom, it, it, it like, to me, I had a real hard time with what images that brought up. I can remember sitting, we got to go see a taping of the Colbert show. And uh, the comedian who warms the crowd up was going around asking, hey, what do you do? And I just like froze. I was like, do I say I'm a mom? Do I say I'm a comedian, which is lamer to say in New York City, right? So, uh, do I? What do I say? And I like it was really that sucked, and I wanted to, and and there were no podcasts really out then, not a lot. Everything was like blogs, and um, I wanted to create something that you would feel cool if you got caught listening to it on the subway. Right, like I wanted to be the dive bar of uh, parenting, and so 
we moved from New York to California when Raiden was two. And I'd been talking about the idea with Stefan for a while. And my husband and Stefan was like, you should talk to Jesse Thorne's wife, Teresa. Uh, Jesse Thorne runs the Maximum Fun Network of Podcasts. And I was like, mom, friends, I'm not, I don't have time for that. Um, but I did. I wound up going to meet Teresa at a playground with Teresa's oldest, who was like maybe a year, maybe 18 months. And I came without a child. And I would like everyone to know that is weird. That's weird when you just show up and you don't have a child at a playground. Uh, Teresa and I started walking the Rose Bowl and I was telling them about the idea and I, they really liked it. I, basically at its core, it's not about the kids. Um, it, it was just supposed to be like a comedy podcast about parenting not not actually a helpful parent thing like I, we're not there to be like this is the best way to do that it was more i cannot reconcile who i am anymore and i want to talk that out and i want to talk about the guilt that i feel and i want to talk about the shame that i feel and i want to talk about how i keep fucking things up and i want to talk about how we're doing things differently but that that's okay and, and it, like, really, Teresa and I got to know each other on the show. And there were, you know, I learned a lot of lessons about what I think other people are doing is not what they're doing. And that's okay. That's <laughs> okay. Um, so it's really sort of evolved into a show to remind people that they're doing a good job, that the bar can be low, and that they're not alone you know, if your kid pooped in the tub, you are going, that is going to happen. No one told you. And you're going to get in that tub and take a bath later. You know, like, and that's okay. It's okay. We're, we're that safe space. <laughs> I think your show was such an absolute lifesaver for me. I'm trying to remember. I want to say our first kid was about five months when I started mm -hmm. listening. And just... To be in a space where it was safe to bitch about your kids and to bitch about being a parent without there being any question of whether you yeah. loved your kids, because it seems exactly. like it's such a thing, like, if you don't just think that sunshine comes out of your kid's butt at all times, it's because you don't love them, not well, because yeah. they fucking pooped in the tub. Like, right, or that you, you are know. a bad mother or parent because you think it's really fucking hard. You get, or yeah. if you think it's hilarious when your kids biff it, because yeah. I'm sorry, my kids do ridiculous shit, and I generally, <laughs> yeah. like, if there's no blood, they're not, like, seriously right. hurt, even yeah. if there is blood. Like, I'll clean them up first, don't get me wrong, but I will but, laugh about it later. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. You know. It's fine. It's fine. And I um, will admit, too, I yell sack of bananas way more often than I ever thought. If you could explain the sack of bananas, because uh, I mean, it's, so, it's your bit, but it's not a, bananas. It's my bit. It's my real life. So Teresa Thorne, who was uh, my co-host for nine years on the show, uh, we were trying to describe like how hard things can be at times. Um, and one of my favorite things about Teresa is just 
her full acceptance of how impossible it truly is some days. The things you're supposed to get done and did. Like, it's, it's impossible. Uh, and yet you're trying. But um, Sack of Bananas came from, it's like a <laughs> What is an experience that you think seems like you understand it like it's like a, oh you have a sack of apples right or a sack of oranges they're round everything's smooth you know what that but a sack of bananas is it's a sack we all know but it's like not it's fucked up it's like full of awkward odd sometimes mushy sometimes like it's just a full sack of bananas that's what's happening that is what today is um and so that sort of developed from there i have yet to come up with a good t-shirt design for sack of bananas but uh yeah that just became a mantra for us you know why did i think there was a literal sack of bananas at some point because We've my recollection is that there was bananas. like a well that there was like a somebody's kids were obsessed with bananas and so you had bought like a huge amount of them and then the kids were like what the fuck but is you're this right. you're right i think because it was that Somebody called in. We had a call in. That's what it was. And they wound up getting. Oh, you're so good. Thank you. Yes, it was a fail where somebody had ordered bananas through one of those online, like Instacart. And they, and they like, it was one of those real vague things where they're like, "Am I ordering one banana if I pick one, or am I ordering right? Yeah, is that a bunch or is a that bunch? a single? And like yeah. the doorbell rings and it's an entire sack of bananas way more bananas than yes and then it became a metaphor for life yeah so, yes. because that would definitely be the week that your kid decided like i have oh, never I eaten i've never eaten a banana my, like how could you even yeah. present I've this never. as an option to me because <laughs> bananas they're like i've never done that and you're like, no. what are you talking about Last you live week, in my house <laughs> yeah yeah i so, feel like i know you pretty well one of the things with living in the country, too, is our nearest Target's an hour and a half away. And one time, I was in the city, I went to Target, I bought Did him a cry? box of fruit strips. My kids were like, these are the best fruit strips ever, you know, because they're four yeah. and five. Like, they get that yeah. fucking excited about shit. Yeah. <laughs> so my friend Holly, hi Holly, I assume you're listening, you better be. <laughs> Hi, Holly. was driving down from Minneapolis, and I was like, Holly, you live, like, right next to Target. Can you go by, like eight boxes of these fucking fruit strips like i'm the best mom in the world <laughs> my I'm kids awesome. are gonna lose it yeah guess who donated seven and seven oh. eights boxes of fucking fruit strips to daycare where my kids will happily eat them eat them they yeah. won't eat them at home but if i take them to daycare and give them to all the kids then they'll eat them see you're fucking doing sack a sack of bananas horrible job see you are failing sack of bananas. as a parent That's right. i am <laughs> I feel so much yeah. better. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're <welcome>. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so for people who haven't listened to One Bad Mother, there's a genius and fail section. And when you call in with a fail, Biz will always tell you that you're doing a horrible job. But we know that she doesn't mean it. No, I it's... don't mean it. It's because <laughs> yeah. we, it's just like, it's so stupid. You're yeah, not, you bought those? Well, there is a time and place and somewhere on the internet, somebody would tell you that you're a fucking monster. And I just think that I had no time for that. Fine, you're doing horrible. There, if you need to feel horrible, I yeah. give you permission to feel horrible, but it's not true. I yes, left all the yeah, mommy exactly. groups because I thought about how angry I was. Because you know how fucking expensive eight boxes of like yeah. 
family size boxes of organic ass fruit strips from Target are that came from Minneapolis. Like, that's sure. that's too much. That's too much. It's that no, too screw much. the lot of you. Yeah. Okay, no more fruit right. strips. Fine. We're gonna we're gonna get so distracted here today. Oh yeah, um, sorry. So, I no, derail. I'm a train out of control. Go ahead. We yeah, we are the same way. <laughs> so a lot of the people who listen to our podcast and a lot of people in the world end up doing presentations or hosting virtual tours of their farms or appearing on podcasts, stuff like that. And you have been doing podcasting for a long time and interview a lot of people. Do you have any tips for people to feel more comfortable about doing that kind of stuff? Um, seems like a lot of people don't like to hear themselves back or, you know, being in front of a camera feels weird. Do you have any thoughts on that or you just power through? Um, well, some of it's power through, but I think, I think I've had there, there were some other experiences I had in my life that helped me sort of, I think like a big fear is that whoever you're talking to is too big for you, right? Like they're, they're already judging me or they, this is like, this is a joke, like interview for them. And, or, or they're just too powerful. They're too big. They're too important. They're too famous or, or something like that. And with the exception of only one person I ever spoke to, that is not true. They're all just really normal people. And they're also, I always try to remember that like, oh, it's like I'm talking to a friend or I'm talking to a parent at school who happens to have done something really awesome. But like for me, because we talk about podcast, I mean, we talk about like what it's like to be a parent, I try to remember your, like there's a common place we can, I try to find that commonality, poop in the tub, right? No sleeping, right? Like um, a, a kid screen emotionally being drained completely, right? I try to find that commonality. Um, in terms of hearing your own voice, guys, People have just flat out said in reviews that they stopped listening because of my voice. I know who I am and I have come to grips. Um, and I hate listening to my own voice. I cannot fucking stand it, but I still have to listen to it. And after a while, it's like, you just kind of have to remove yourself that that's you, right? Like, which is hard, none of that's easy, but you know. Um, yeah, and I also think it's important to it's what I like tell the kids when they have to do something in public. What you have to say is really important and has value. Um, act like it, you know, like you are here to share some kind of awesome information. So remember that you are, it's a gift. It, that is a gift. Um, so yeah. I mean, you didn't wander in off the street. Somebody asked you to be there. So, you know, remember that. Yeah, that's a really good point. And it's like you were in our heads because that's how we were feeling about talking to you. But we Ow! have things in common. We've I all am. had we've all had poop in our tub. We've all had poop some in of, our tub. Some I... of it from animals, right, Katie? Yeah. And some of it from humans. I uh, I actually Terrible had a moment poop. a couple 
I had a moment a couple days ago, Biz, where I was talking about why I hate doing reels for Instagram or TikTok or whatever. Mm. And I said, well, I hate the sound of my own voice. I don't want people to hear what I sound like. Yeah. To do marketing for our podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Where everybody's well, that listening makes to sense. what you. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, obviously none of our listeners already know what we sound like. <laughs> don't give it away. <laughs> you know, but this all ties back to that same I still think this all ties back to no one. Do men have this problem? No offense, men. I love you. But I am wondering, I remember getting a lot of feedback early on being like, yeah, your podcast is okay because I can kind of tell your voice is apart. And I was like, wow, because all women sound exactly alike. I was like, I, that it was so dismissive and so weird. And like, it's just another thing we're supposed to hate about ourselves. So stop it. Stop it! I heard a beautiful an interview with Ira Glass. I think it was Ira Glass where he was talking about of the hundreds and hundreds of complaints they've gotten about presenters' voices. (laughs) Never a single one about a man. What? Every one has been about a woman. Wow! Do you remember all the like when Hillary was running? Any woman running for office, like her voice. That's her voice. I wish her voice wasn't so grating. Do you mean assertive? Go fuck yourself. Anyway. If you want to say, I just wish she'd shut the fuck up, then just go ahead and say, just I say wish it. she'd shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Stop. Fine. Or turn it off. You don't have yeah. to listen to it. That's right. But, but anyway, anyway, put your pretty voice on. Let's go. Let's go. Let's I realize, too, that I don't take photos because I don't want people to know what I look like. Ah. Like, shit, they already know what I look like. That's the I, problem. It's, it's like you're going to go root around on the internet, and then you're going to find somebody else took a picture, or they found some really – I just found a picture uh, today because I was like, what's my fucking bio? And I was like, like looking it up, and I was like, that is an unflattering photo that somebody has decided to put on a weird website. That is, that is not a good angle. Everything oh. should come from above. That is not what I would have chosen. (laughs) If someone had asked me the question, I wouldn't have said, oh, that one. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Okay. Am I back back now? Sorry, I totally got We we thought you were just really thinking hard. Yeah, you looked like really deep in thought. Very focused. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So a lot of our fear with starting the show is the amount of gatekeeping that happens and I'll tell you I work for a tech company and sometimes I make the mistake of going into one of the you know the communities of belonging where they talk about shit like which mic to use and it's heated in there I try to stay out um so thinking of the percentage of shows that never get made because they're not perfect uh-huh. I uh, yelled at a coworker until we got his first episode out this week because he's been working on it since July I'm like dude it's fucking November put yeah. it out um, are you to a point where it doesn't bother you that people bitch about yeah. how you do stuff, or do you just? Yeah. Well, a how do you listen. just? Who's do it? talking? No one's calling me and saying. Well, that's not true. Sometimes people are like, "Hey, your sound could be better," and I'm like, "I am in a bedroom because of the pandemic," and you're probably correct. But the idea of going back into a recording studio and being mouth close to something that someone was mouth close to is I, I don't want to do that. And it's not convenient. I can do this. Um, you know, I, 
anybody who wants, I'm always down for constructive criticism in terms of better sound or, um, but who I turn to for that would be uh, like Gabe, who is uh, my producer. It was such a turning point when we actually got to have a producer who helped record and put the show together. I still do the final edits, but um, he can catch sounds. He can catch, but you know, your peas are going to pop. Your mic is, I mean, I, I'm sure I could go get fancy headphones, but headphones give me headaches. So I use earbuds, right? Like it's um, every, every time I, I worry about beating myself up for something. I think there is some Yahoo asshole out there who got drunk with their buddies in a basement and we're like, let's play our podcast. Talk about movies. And then they get, and, then, and they're like number one on Apple. So like, I, you know, whatever. And we can't even tell their voices apart because they and all sound the same. Tell their voices apart. I'm like, I do not need to hear your theory on fucking the DC universe. Go to hell. Um, why is that important? Anyway, uh, I, and when it comes to like editing, you know, ed- there's only ever been like maybe five, like I can think of five shows where we cut something big from it, right? Where we just went down paths that it just weren't worth going down or, um, you know, Teresa and I feel a great responsibility to our listeners. Um, and because we've learned so much from our listeners. Um, so, you know, if we, if we step in it and we can catch ourselves and learn right then on the, but we're gonna we're gonna cut it. Uh, so that's I don't. Yeah, I, you guys, you just gotta try it. You know, you make one. Our first one we listen to and put it. Oh, I am so sorry. I have to say, my mom. I need to. Can I take this real quick and be a total asshole? Nope. Because yep, it's a sure medical me. thing. Yep. Oh, sorry. I gotta call them back. Okay, sorry. See, uh, we are having we've entered medical mode with Mama, so now I have to take any call that comes in. That is the that, number. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um. Anywho, yeah. So that's just put it out, guys. Learn from it. It's not gonna be perfect. I know sure. it. It occurred to me too that a number of my coworkers were gatekeeping suggestions and things I had learned from reading the book from the McElroy brothers about how to start a podcast and all these people were bitching about this and bitching about that. And I finally thought to myself, yeah, how many of you have a successful podcast and how many successful podcasts are they running? I'm just going to yeah. throw it out there. Like you don't have to like their work, but they're doing it. So well, I know, think my podcast is better than the one you're not making. Right. So that's, there's that. <laughs> oh my God, that's a T-shirt. That is a T-shirt. I fucking love it. That is good. No, but you're yes. right. It's you know, I I mean, don't put garbage out, obviously, but I, put well, air shit, we're done and, then. <laughs> I know we're fucked. I Back we, to I, the drawing board. I know, but yeah. like it's I I 
if you're if you're not putting it out, I, we have to be careful of self sabotage when it comes to anything, you know, creative or or of value to us that we want to put out in the world. We, you know, oh, I don't have the right shirt. I don't have the right mic. I don't have the, you know, the degree from that school. Whatever it is, don't let other people do that. Don't do it to yourself. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We've already talked a bit about Teresa as your co-host, and we know that she's decided to take some time away from the show. How has that transition to going from co-host to a solo show gone for you, and how do you... How do you feel about that now? Um, I it that's a good question because I don't know. I you know I don't know what the I don't know what the response really is. You know I we I miss Teresa very much as a weekly friend to talk to. She and I still talk and we walk and and stay in touch, but. Um, there was the, the thing I worry about is what made One Bed Mother special to me were the discussions that she and I got to have about anything, about the tooth fairy, about, um, lying, (laughs) about crafting, like whatever, you know, weird feeling we were having or that we were feeling guilty about or that we were struggling with it that discussion felt like important I mean it felt like it was a unique thing that we were getting to offer and that we were getting to participate in with each other um with the transition of her being away from the show and it's been like about a year now um there certainly has been, like, there certainly have been moments where I'm like, does this show have any value anymore? Is it still helpful? It's turning more into an interview show than uh, a discussion show. Not that we don't have discussions with who we interview, but is there still value uh, in one person talking about things that are happening as a parent? versus a discussion and we've you know there's been a few changes of like letting people call and do a check-in call for the opening of the show which I think is fun um and Gabe and I have sat down who's the producer we've talked about other directions we could go do you make it do you make it a show that's just genius and fails from there right do you make it a live call-in show like you know, car talk, but for parents, right? Like, do you, you know, or do you just keep it the same? So I, I gotta, I gotta be honest. I, I still haven't landed on anything that I feel correct about. Um, one of the things that keeps me going is, uh, I really, we have this hotline, uh, for people to leave genius fails or rants breakdowns and a lot of people call it breakdowns that are not even related to parenting 
love it because they need a place to put it. And I like no one else listens to those calls. It's just me because I feel very protective of those calls. And um, every time I hear a mom having a breakdown, I just feel like at least this is a place I have an opportunity to tell this person that they're okay, right? Like that they're they're going to be okay. Um, or maybe they won't. Maybe they won't be okay, but that they're valid. Their feelings are valid. Um, so... Yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it's still a valuable show, and that's okay. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> that's that's fair. I mean, I want to say as a listener that I still get a lot of value out of it. I mean, I did love that dynamic between yeah. the two of you, and I'm sure as as friends that you know that that did feel genuine and authentic. And I don't think that you could just bring in another co-host and be like here's the new Teresa and it'll be fine and you know because it you you did come from different approaches and yet had that mutual respect where you could you could just you know you could discuss something that you didn't agree on or you took a different parenting approach or you know topics that you know you didn't align on necessarily but there was always fundamental fundamentally you loved and respected each other so you knew that that was you know it was okay to have it difference of opinion but I mean I, I still love the show now so I will say as one listener that you know I hope it continues whatever it looks that. like thank you I appreciate that um not no I wasn't looking for it but I'll take it uh but <laughs> but it's well, I mean if, if all women sound alike you should be able to find a new co-host well it's true I know <laughs> Just well get another yeah, one it'll be fine it's funny I have thought there have been certain guests that have come on that I've been like that would be a fun person to talk to about a lot of stuff. Um, and then I think, how do we, how do I make, you know, if, if I'm going to put somebody in, I have a real opportunity to put a really diverse voice in that, you know, a voice that is not traditionally associated with parenting podcasts, which apparently is anybody who's not a middle-aged white woman or man. Uh, apparently, if you are not those things, uh, then I, no one needs to hear from you about parenting, <laughs> according to uh, book companies. Anyway, uh, that's another discussion for another time. So, uh, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know, guys. We'll figure it out. In the meantime, every month I need to shout. Into, every week I need to shout into the void. This is my question. Oh, look. Yeah. So, sorry, my husband, like, I texted him to let him know that I was recording, and he didn't (laughs) get it, so he just walked on in. (laughs) Like, I'm going to get a studio light for my office door. Anyway, uh, we actually met through the One Bad Mother community, um, and have made other connections through the community, including other guests on our show, and um, basically most of my in-real-life Local mom friends came from one person who suggested the show and then other people who were listening and we just sort of coalesced. Um, So what does it feel like to know that something you guys started has drawn us all together this way? I feel like a Uh, hand wavy situation. Weird. Weird. Uh, You know, I will say... 
we used to just, we don't, we don't do a lot of advertising for one by mothers. We don't, you know, we're horrible at social media. I am horrible at social media. Um, but at one point early on, we were talking and I was like, you know, if we put it out there, we might get people who just are coming to hate us, right? Automatically, because we're not a podcast for everyone. We're a podcast for everyone else, right? And I, I think when people started listening to the show early on, that, that like, I think that that attitude is what draws people into the community is that this is a place where we have very simple guidelines, you know, don't, don't offer advice unless asked for it, you know, start, start your post by saying it's just a rant, right? You can start it with a fail or a genius, or if you want advice, ask for it. Um, and from there out grew these, like, just different tenets of the show no one's doing it at you. Um, things like that. Be nice. Don't be a jerk. Um, you probably don't assume that other people are being assholes. Yes, don't assume. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Assume good intentions until yes. they prove you otherwise. That's right. I read every email like this. Oh, how are you? You owe a bill back payment. Right. Everybody's like. Thank you for right. using our service. Now you get to pay us. That's right. It's time for your colonoscopy. Woo! Right. So like uh, sometimes it's our own tone, but in terms of the community that's grown, that's the community. Those are the people that all we did was start a message board and Facebook or a Facebook group. And from there, it blossomed because of people who wanted to see it grow. It, it, I, I feel like we have very little to do with what that community has become other than being public voices that encourage others to be nice. You know, I mean, people are so nice on that board. Like Stefan's always like, look what you got to do. You got to go tell people just to fucking be nice. And I'm like, and they are like, the board is such an incredible place and they're like all these subgroups and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't and I always actually feel you know early on we were like look everybody needs to get prepared for this to go because like parenting groups turn to shit fast and we've had moments in the group um but what it's a testament to is being willing to stay and work through things and even there have even been times where you know, moderators made calls and people in the community didn't really like, I remember having a conversation with some of the moderators uh, when some stuff had gone down several years ago. And I said, you know how everybody is asking Donald Trump just to listen and to not turn that back, you know, because he made a choice for them to make it back, right? And he just is being so stubborn, he won't do it. We have to sometimes put ourselves into those shoes as moderators, as people in charge. It may be the seem like the right decision, and we've made it. But we have the power to say we're listening, and we can change it, and we can apologize, or we can try to better understand. And um, that that's remarkable 
to me that that can happen. And, you know, yeah, I've made friends through the Facebook group. I mean, this is like so weird. Like it's, it's a weird place, guys. Yeah, it's strange. So nice. I don't know if I've ever even told Katie this, but the first time I actually posted in the message board, and I remember it distinctly because I just started listening to the podcast. It was maybe six or seven years ago now. And so joined the Facebook community. And the first time I posted, I'd been kind of reading people's posts for a little while, was the day my dad had a stroke. And it was the first time, like, my husband was away. And I, like, really cried in front of my kids. And I went to the message board and said to other people, like, you know, I, not that I failed as a parent, but like, this is, this was big for me and I don't know what to do. And there were people in my own city or like the city where my dad was who offered to help. And I was like, what, what, what is this? Like who had never met me, didn't know anything about my situation, but, but were willing to, you know, like figured out where I was and were willing to help if, if I needed it. And that, that was huge. So yeah, it's, the, yeah. I mean, for everybody who says that the internet is a terrible place, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure, yeah, I agree. But you know, it's like the world. I mean, the world is terrible, but the world is also amazing. So we can't write it off because some spaces are miserable. No, I'm you can with you. you can leave. Yeah, you can leave those places if you want to. Yeah, I, the that board has saved my life multiple times emotionally. You know. And uh, yeah, the people there, to the point, people are so kind that I sometimes don't feel I deserve to be <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm not that nice. <laughs> yeah, horrible yeah. at follow-up. I'm happy to offer things, but then I suck at the commitment, like seeing through it. Shit, right? And like, people Did I tell someone I was going to bring them a casserole and I, I forgot? Yeah. Ooh, meal train. <laughs> Sorry. No, I remember somebody had gotten stranded, like, at an airport overnight with kids, and people went to the airport with, like, diapers and stroll, and I was like, what? No, like, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. And yeah, it's not, it's it has nothing to do with anything that we did other than starting a podcast and telling people. Te- yeah, be okay. nice to each other. Yeah, be nice to each other. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. guess what? People are amazing, and they. Yeah. They did it. And telling people that they're doing a good job. That one that one makes a big difference too. Really does. So when you started One Bad Mother, you had a single child, like you said, and as years have gone on, you added a second. Um, and Teresa added kids to her family while, <laughs> while the podcast was happening. How has the way you talked about your kids changed over time? And do you think there are things that you would have done differently looking back? I know you can't change it, but I mean... Yeah. What is this? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, um, yes, yes, and yes, and no. I, you know, it, as the kids get older, I, again, we tried to never make it be about the kids. Like, in, any story that we told about our child had to do with how that affected us. Um, so when, with any big changes, any sort of big moments, uh, as the kids have gotten older, I've asked their permission, right? So like when Raiden, who at one point was Katie Bell, um, went through several different explorations of self and will do that forever, 
but and now we have landed squarely in non-binary and they wanted to change their name to Raiden. Uh, you know, I asked, like, is that okay if I, I, you know, this is a show in which I share your name and I want to make sure that's okay. And they were like, yeah, go for it. And so, anyways, um, the only one that, that kind of keeps me up is Ellis, my youngest, is a kid who's more, and while they're growing into that more, and like, I, I now think of Ellis as a, like a puppy with big feet, you know, like, and the emotions are the big feet. And so like when a puppy's running across the floor and then like slides into the wall because they can't balance those two things out, like that's, that's my mantra for how I now think of Ellis, but I am having to go to therapy just to figure out how to be that kid's parent, right? Because I was trying to parent a different kid and it was really hard. And I, I, you know, it really triggered depression and it really, Ellis needed me as their emotional regulator to a degree that was really debilitating to me. And, um, and I shared that on the show and I, I sometimes wonder if it sounds like I hate, I didn't like him. You know, and I wonder if he ever listened to the show, would he think that he was responsible for any feelings I had or any struggling I had? Or am I setting something up where people who haven't met Ellis will use what I say to judge Ellis? And I, I, you know, I don't fucking know. I don't know, but it, it, you know, we're always looking for a way to beat ourselves up. Um, and that was just a relationship and still is a relationship that brings lots of different feelings up for me as a self, as a person, as an individual that has nothing to do with being that perfect child mother. Uh, so that's like, you know, yeah, I kind of wonder if the oversharing was too much, but I also found a lot of support by sharing from people who, who had those similar experiences with kids, um, which made me feel less alone, which is the point of the show. And I get to learn something too. Yeah, exactly. It is, it is that, I mean, even just in, you know, conversations with friends and stuff, sometimes it's hard to know where the line between this is affecting me and I want to talk about it, but it's also my kid and they are a self and I am a self and and being able you know as someone who really takes on the emotions of the people who are in their house as probably most of us do if if your kid is struggling then so are you yeah and so I mean I've got four ranging from seven to sixteen and I find you've got too much for both of you (laughs) yeah yeah so but but I feel lately like you know they yeah, you're only as happy as your least happy kid <laughs> sometimes, some days. So bad. it's like, yeah. yeah, so I mean, yeah. it's like you could have a great day and then someone gets home from school yeah. and they're falling apart and it's like, okay, I guess that's where I am. You know, like everything went great for me <laughs> while yeah. you were gone, but now I'm back down here because I need to meet you at your level. But that takes a lot of, out of you. Yeah, that's my day. And yeah, it doesn't matter day. that, yeah, yeah. And and they can sometimes bounce back so quickly 
and and you've got the whiplash of yeah. are we not still sad like don't yeah, we hate that kid that don't we, don't we hate that kid on the bus <laughs> like, yeah, and you, you want to invite sad. them over for a play date <laughs> like what but the first time ellis invited a kid over that we like had been a nemesis for a while steph and i both were like really <laughs> Is really? there another child with the same name same in your name, class? Right? <laughs> yeah. Really? Oh, anyway, great. But really? Okay. Yeah. All yeah, right. You've, was... you've been building a case for us to really not like this kid, but we, we'll pull it together, I guess. I feel like one of the biggest things that parenting resources miss is how much you can hate other kids. I had no idea what it would feel like when my five-year-old comes home and bitches about some kid, and yeah. I'm like, I will go cut that little shit. Oh, I know. I and I'm will... like, I mean, this kid's five. Like, it yeah. feels a little bad to be like, I'll set this kid on fire. I don't <laughs> care. Like, you know, I consider myself a pacifist. I went to a Quaker school, and now I'm fantasizing about beating up somebody's five-year-old. Like, this is the greatest. Nobody warns you about this. They don't Fuck warn that you about kid it. Up. Hey, everybody listening <laughs> to this podcast, this is exactly what one bad mother is about. I am not judging katie in the slightest i see katie's desire to set him on fire i will say i did there's one kid who was really i look i was raised by uh, parents especially my mother who was like you know shoot them till they're dead right if somebody hits you you hit them back and then you go to the principal's office and you tell them call my mother and then like you know you Put the book in the crook of your arm when you elbow him, right? Like, you know, just I like no, your mom. Yeah, oh yeah, fucking love my mom. Um, <laughs> we will once you once you burn her, you are burned forever. So, uh, I started that approach with my children. I remember Raiden being like, "That doesn't seem very nice." Uh, oh, oops, different generation. Um, but there had been this kid who kept fucking with Raiden. This kid is like in third grade or fourth, no, fourth grade. And I went to like, they, we have a farm at our school. Uh, and so the kids go there and they play and work and all that kind of stuff, which is really fun. Uh, so I'd gone to the farm with them and got to witness what an asshat this child was, who, by the way, has grown out of it. Um, they're not a total asshat anymore, uh, but we're all growing, but at the moment, total asshat, and so Raiden and I are walking behind the child, and I was like, you're gonna get stuff on the back of this shoe, right, because you can't do anything, like, super aggressive, but, you know, and Raiden's like, yes, and I said, okay, I'm gonna prove to you my love, right, and so we're walking, and I was like, stepped on the back of the kid's shoe, you know, it's just like, whoa, fall, and I was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. That is parenting. <laughs> Subtle, but Subtle. yeah, you, you formed an alliance with your child. Yeah, she yeah. knows she knows you've got her, her back. That's right. In a, bad. In a slightly right. less aggressive, less, slightly less aggressive way than mama. That's right. So now that my husband is has left the building. Oh, good. Because uh, our veterinarian's here. How do you deal with talking about your husband and I mean, not uh, like your personal, personal lives <laughs> together, but like he listens to our show. And oh, I, yeah. Hi, Jim. I don't want to like tell him he can't listen to our show, but it also feels super fucking awkward to like yeah. talk about him. 
And hi, Jeff. Hugh, Arlene's husband, just in case he's listening, too. Hi. Arlene only ever has nice things to say about Hugh. But... Let's, take, let's and take the camera he, in and go through their drawers. Yeah, he he, he only <laughs> catches up when he's in the tractor, so it'll be months before he actually uh, gets caught up again. Long road trips and tractor drives. That's right. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> no <laughs> edits, Arlene. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, well, one thing that helps is I really like Stefan and uh, we I am lucky and like just mentally privileged enough that we really set up some some ground rules as it were and in terms of equity of you know parenting and partnering now that doesn't mean it hits every time and um but that idea of i didn't marry an asshole helps when i need to discuss oh i remember one of the discussions Teresa and i had was like walking through the house or something and having that moment watching your partner doing something really like reading a magazine are you reading a fucking magazine like like uh, that like how do you have time? How do you have time? For that I'm magazine. over here doing yeah. some deep breathing, just thinking about that. Yeah, I know. It's not like, it's not like we can all picture it all day, right? Like he has been working and he's been parenting and the laundry was done and like whatever. But I'm like, what? You're not emotionally and mentally like also parenting 24 hours a day? How are you sleeping? You're sleeping, right? So like, I think, I, I think when we talked about our our partners it was always with this like trying to be empathetic and or more so trying to be mindful that probably 90 percent of what's pissing me off is coming from me right because i didn't marry an asshole like you know now some people have married horrible people um and that's that's not something you know i can really talk to i to be honest, there were times where it really helped our relationship. Stefan would be listening to the podcast and would be like, I didn't realize it was quite like that for you at the moment, right? Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, you know, I did stand up for a, a while in New York. And I remember when Stefan and I started dating, I was like, you need to understand when I make jokes about, am I the man I'm dating? Sometimes it's going to be about you. Sometimes it's not. You are just now that guy, right? Like that you are this role that there is much of a self and a, you know, not a self as I am, right? So, uh, yeah, I it's hard. I feel like there's enough places for people to go bitch about their partners. And as a feminist of how I approach feminism, I have to really check myself. Like, there's no man babies in the house, right? Like, I have to be, like, really mindful of the language that I use and, you know, not putting Stefan into a stereotype that that he isn't in. And same with me, right? Like, so, um, yeah, and communication. And sometimes the best way to talk to your partner is through a podcast publicly in front of lots of people, you know? Like everybody does.
I'm exactly. Not, I feel conflicted, Arlene, because I feel like she told us to grow up, but also then told us to feel free to gossip about our husbands. So... I think, though, it is true. I mean, sometimes when your kids are around, you can't have those conversations. Yeah, it's, it's hard. That, you know, about how you're feeling, about how you're feeling about parenting, all those types of things. And sometimes the types of conversations that I might have with the two of you are going to be completely different than yeah. what I have with my partner. So so it's true. They probably could pick up on things that we're feeling or the pressures or realizing, oh, it's not just you that feels that way. Yeah. You know, maybe this is actually a bigger issue or a systematic issue or, a, you know, like a, a gender issue that I, as your partner, can't necessarily understand or didn't understand before, but now I have a different perspective on it. So, yeah, no, she I said didn't. all those things. I think you said it way the, better and more efficiently with the farming. And this is part of why we started the podcast was that with farming there comes other issues too and like I was talking to a friend yesterday about the fact that when my husband is out doing something and not helping with the kids he's not playing video games he's not watching right. football he's not at a strip club yeah he's working God. yeah but that doesn't make me any less irritated that he's not in the house helping me Correct. but he's still like I can't be pissed that he's doing yeah. you the can be thing a little he's supposed to be doing but also I'm pissed Right. Because he's not in the house doing the other thing that I wish he was doing. And that's that's a whole sack of bananas. I'm it is a sack of No, it is a sack, sack of, bananas. of bananas. But that that gets right back to that you can be both, right? You can be both. You have the right to be pissed and you have the right to appreciate and understand what the other person is doing. I mean, sometimes the conversations with Stefan are as simple as, I know that you were working and I, I see you. I thank you for blah, blah, blah. At the same time, I hate that you have managed to balance out how to find time to do something that you like and that I am still struggling with how to just sit down or, you know, uh, Stay up. I, I can't stay up late. I'm old. I want to go to sleep. Um, Stefan will go out and watch a movie, like in the garage. <laughs> in the garage, guys. That makes it sound like so nice. It is a shithole. Um, with now, now with mice. Anyway. At least you um, live somewhere warm. I mean, it would be way harsher for those of us in the true, northern climates. Get out it's, to the garage. <laughs> I know. Unpleasant in the summer. But uh, it is just a fire hazard. Anyway, they go out and they watch a movie and they have this lovely time. And I'm like, I want to have a lovely time. But if I go have a lovely time, then I've sacrificed my sleep. And then I'm going to, like, I, uh, right? So, yeah, you get to be both. It's hard. It's, it's fucking hard. It's hard. Hard. This feels like a real uplifting uh, conversation here. Isn't it, guys? Yeah. Is everybody having fun? Yay! <laughs> um, so the one question I had, I'm going to add it to Arlene's question that she wrote in the script, because she's the one who's organized enough to do shit, like writing the questions Same before idea. we get to them. Um, how old can your kids get before you stop doing a parenting podcast about them? Like when they're yeah. 40 and you're 70, are you still going to be? I don't know. Let's see how long we can go. Teresa and I used God, to How joke. fucking awkward would that be? Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, that would be like. <laughs> the 
But that would actually be fucking hilarious, wouldn't it? Like because your could kids could like, have their own show bitching about you and their own kids. I know. Be- well, but I would continue to be a self. I have a feeling there's going to be some serious things that I'm going to need to talk about when they are gone, right? Like, and they empty nest it. Uh, I think that would probably be too long, guys. I'd, I really hope there'd be something else I found to talk about to do by. Menopause. Who wouldn't want to listen to an hour-long show about menopause? I want to talk about menopause. I want to talk about the fact that no one knows what's happening in women's bodies. I want to talk about self-advocation. I could go off in a million directions of things I would enjoy talking about uh, that we don't talk about. But, you know, what are you going to do? Right now, this is what I've been talking about. I I don't know. I keep... Teresa and I used to joke that, like, we do it for three years. <laughs> and then every year we checked in. You want to keep doing it? Yeah, all right. Yeah, okay. Uh, and then we kept doing it. Um, so I don't know. I know when we started the show, my husband thought we were going to do, Arlene, yeah. remember, was it 10 episodes he thought maybe we'd do? Uh-huh. He said, well, how how long are you going to keep doing it? And I said, I don't know. And he goes, yeah. what, like oh, five, ten episodes? And I was like, well, figure we'll cover all of parenting yeah, and then all of farming. Five episodes. And then we should be able to loop back around to parenting by then. So probably at least 15, you know, like. Yeah, and now I yeah think at least 15. We've got 52 out yeah. or something. It's amazing. Out. It's the commitment that's important. That's really, if I was going to give any podcasting quote-unquote advice, it's be if you want to do it, do it. Put it out. Set a schedule. Are you going every week, every two weeks? Whatever it is, consistency is the key to growing a podcast, to discovering the type of show you want to do. No one should go back and listen to their first episodes. Fuck that. I don't, you know, I don't want to go back and look at your book. So why would I go and do that? You know, and so, um, yeah, no, it's 50 shows. It's fucking amazing. Good job, guys. It's seriously all Arlene. Because it was, we started, (laughs) I was. The poor kid, she doesn't have enough to do. No, she doesn't. Yeah. No, I was part of a mentorship program, and they asked what I wanted to do, and I said, well, I really want to do a podcast, but A, nobody wants to listen to me for an hour a week. Oh, my God, cause... I think your voice sounds like NPR. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I mean, just because I ramble, and I forget oh. what I'm talking about, and people would be like, mm, delete. Um, you know, I'd edit it down. It'd be like three minutes of content. And I was like, I will never actually get a show out if I'm doing this by myself. Fair. And so I roped Arlene into it, and she tried to say no, and then Good she job. said yes, and she's uh-huh. probably regretted it ever since, but here we are. I have actually never regretted it, Katie. But, Seriously? Uh, don't, yeah, for Shit, real. I've regretted it and was <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe in, like, very small moments, but, I mean, I'm talking to Biz today, so I can't have any regrets. Oh, <laughs> okay. Now it's all worth Everybody. it. Everybody! No, I'm having a delightful time. I'm like, this is the best! Uh, ever since you said set children on fire I've been in so I was really worried that this was going to be super fucking awkward and we were just going to be like wow never meet your heroes because if it's awful it's going to be like "Uh, and that is what it is Uh, no this is this is what I'm talking about 
it does, you're just talking to people. You gotta like talking to people. If you don't like talking to people, then yeah, it's gonna suck. Yeah, yeah, don't sign be, up for that then. It's gonna yeah. be really weird. <laughs> I tell people I do it because I'm fucking nosy. Yeah, exactly. Like, if they're weirded out by that, you probably don't want to be on our show. Cause... Yeah, you can yeah. ask all the things that you otherwise wouldn't. <laughs> okay, so the actual question that was in here is, what is your favorite thing about the ages and stages that your kids are at now? All right, I love the ages of my children. I, It's not something people think they can say and, and that it's acceptable. I do not like infants. I am not a baby person. Toddlers, kind of all right. I, and I know everybody, you know, big children, big problems, whatever. Look, whatever shit shows going on in your house, I value and respect you. But I fucking love this age for both of them because they are both able to clearly communicate for the most part. Um, they can do a lot of stuff on their own. You know, I mean, Raiden's 13. Of course they can do stuff on their own. But they're still willing to tell me things, which is just the best. And they're super creative and they're pretty smart. Like, they, I just get to, like, bask. And they're getting all tall and leggy. And I just, like, get to bask in that. And they're friends. And, like, just getting to make do things that are slightly embarrassing at drop-off or pick-up. You know, like, I just get to, it's a fun age to fuck with. I love it. And Ellis who is almost nine, like, is funny. Like, and they've really finally figured out humor, like, like, well. Like, where you're like, that is funny, right? Like, the other day, the way our house is, is it's really a proper two-bedroom. But there is a room that is considered a bedroom because it has a window and a closet. That's Raiden's, and it's really small, and that is Raiden's room. <laughs> and, uh, to get to Ellis's room, which is right behind it, you have to walk through Raiden's room. And Ellis the other day was like, Raiden lives in a hallway. And I was like, my God, you're right. They do live in a hallway. And that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. That is amazing. Uh, they, We can watch movies. We can watch TV shows together. We can play. We can, you know, I don't have to. I can say things like, go get it. You're fine. Go, go do it. Go. Do it. I don't want to do it. So, you know, why won't you help me this morning, Raiden? Why won't you help me get your get your boots, my boots, rain boots, out of the closet that has two cat boxes in it and smells like shit all the fucking time. Uh, and the boots are back behind it. I, I can't get it. I can't reach. And I was like, well, then you don't get to borrow my boots. And they're like, Papa, would you help me get it? And he was like, oh, no, I'm 100% with your mom on this. No, you can get it. And she was like, I don't understand. Why won't you help me? And I said, the only reason you can't reach those boots is because you don't want to. Because it's gross. And guess what? I also don't want to reach into gross this morning. Same I reason. I yeah. my coffee. It's the same reason. How bad do you want the boots? Right? I don't care if you wear my boots or not. I don't not. care. Not. Doesn't bother me. In fact, it actually helps me for you to get my boots out of the closet because it's pouring down rain. But yeah, I this is a I am thoroughly enjoying it. So I really like this. That is nice. So now I'm bringing you down. Good. What is your current What is your current parenting struggle at the moment? Uh, I don't know. Like it's still. 
I mean, Raiden is the 13-year-old. My struggle there is that I'm not spending as much time as I, because I'm going to beat myself up, right? That's what we mean. Yeah, um, that's what I was hoping for. Ella, yeah, yeah, you're do that. welcome. Because yeah. Ellis still requires a lot of my attention. So we are, we are in therapy, and we are working on pushing our resilience boundaries, and la 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 la. Um, I'm so tired that by the time Raiden walks in and wants to like talk at night, I'm just like, uh, can we just say goodnight? I don't, I don't want to talk about this. Right? Like, which sucks. And I know it sucks. Like, I know I should be, that I, I should be doing better at that. And, um, and Ellis, again, while we are 120 times better, we just had like the big neuropsych assessment that, the school wanted us to do and like we're going to get those results and like even though they're regulating so much better and they're like able to handle stuff like I think my biggest struggle is nighttime it's they haven't the time change is just fucking with us again so if he goes to bed too late he's going to get really upset and sad and he's going to start talking about these grand things of like I am so sad and I am the worst and all these horrible things and I'm like oh my god I just want you to go to sleep because I am so tired like I am so tired like I am crying I actually just want to yell at you and I can't yell at you because if I do that will be the opposite thing of what you need right now and I can I have one more hug <laughs> yes right so like I think it's still trying to to just balance that and find a way to recover for myself because they're both doing what they're supposed to be doing, right? Mm -hmm. But um, it's still. Why is it they want the most from us at yeah. the end of the day? It's yeah. like I've I've given a lot. Yeah. You know, we've done the same the same as when you've had yeah. a good day, right? We've done yeah. a lot of things today. Things yeah. have gone really well. Why do you demand so much from me? <laughs> Why do you? My favorite is the right? final stretch. <laughs> yeah. I know. My favorite is we didn't spend any time together. And I'm like, oh, all day with yeah. you. How much more time could we spend? I don't understand. So anyway, that's that's the struggle right now. I feel like this is someone who is diagnosed neurodivergent at the, the grand old age of 40 last year. Yeah. Um, and my work thankfully offers um, employee assistance so we can do things like meeting with a child psychiatrist to talk oh. about our quite likely also neurodivergent child and right. she asked what my hobby was you know because we we're yeah. talking about me because that's why we go to therapy is to talk about me yes and she asked what my hobby was and I said why well, I, I do a parenting podcast and the dead fucking silence <laughs> Of this woman who's like, you just spent an hour talking about your problems with parenting and and you're telling me that you run a, a parenting podcast. And she's just like, she's trying to think of something nice to yeah. say. And I finally looked at her and said, I didn't say I was any good at it. It's like a cautionary yeah. tale. You know, just we're not giving any advice, know. Katie. I don't yeah. I don't think we have ever really don't given do any this. Well, that's yeah. my yeah. advice. Yeah. <laughs> or do it and then make a note. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How that turned out. My sister describes uh, the podcast as a horror show. 
She's like, I listen to it because I like a good horror show. And I was like, yeah, yeah fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you just want to know what not to do, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, we should just write a book called What Not to Expect When You're Expecting. Mm. And it would just be like, you know, all these glowing Enjoyment. pictures of women. <laughs> Fuck you. You're only going to be glowy because you're puking. Yay. What is glow? I never glowed. Um, That's uh, just sweat. And filters. <laughs> sweat. And sweat. And, sweat and, and swelling. That's yeah, right. yeah mm-hmm. I, was, I was sweating. Yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, so it's me again. Um. This is most of what I edit out is me being surprised that it's my turn to ask a question. Fair. So one of the best things that I picked up from One Bad Mother and one of the things that I've most enjoyed um, from the communities is in our rural area, most people have kids when they're like 22, 24. Um, So as an older mother of younger kids, I am firmly in that sandwich generation of having older parents and younger kids and us right in the middle. And I know that Arlene is in roughly the same place. So I know you had mentioned um, that your folks have relocated from Alabama to live closer to you guys. How has that adjustment been to be, you know, I don't want to say raising your parents, but no, they're like, it, it, I had some time to prepare because of COVID. Like, we really wanted them out here earlier. There is no family in Alabama. I mean, like, there's, there was no care system in place. My sister lives in New York, and I'm out here in California, and um, that's just who our parents raised us to be, right? Uh, and finally, we just said, we got to get it done. And we got him out here. It's just been a little over a year. So it was August was a year. And it, so it's that case of both, right? So one, it has been great. It has been so, I really like my parents. And there were several moments where I felt like, oh, this is where I'm from. Like, this is why I am like that. Because of you two weirdos. This is why Helen Michelle and I are always, my sister and I are always joking about like how normal we think things are. And then we go out and we tell other people and they're like, what? And we're all, or they don't laugh or they don't think it's funny. And we're like, oh, oh, okay. I get it. Um, is your husband also having those moments of, yeah, oh, okay. no. now, yes. we spent some time with your parents before, yeah. but now it's all coming together. I know. Luckily, Stefan adores them as well. Uh, but yes, they are like, oh, I was like, oh yeah, that's what that is. Um, but, uh, with them coming out, it made me the primary care provider in terms of my mom doesn't drive and, uh, my dad does, but mama really wanted, I go to almost all the doctor's appointments and I'm the note taker. And, um, when someone is sick we've had a few moments of being in the hospital or like doing um the surgery that required you know them at home like them they're in an apartment nearby and because they won't go to a retirement community or anything they don't want to do that and i fine fine whatever um there are those moments where you realize oh 
we're like a step away from them not being able to make sure the pills are right, right? Like, uh, or we are, I, they are forgetting things. Like, and not like dementia level forget, but like appointment times, who's taking, who's picking up. Um, you know, my dad had that moment of like, the computer's broken, being on the phone for a long time with IT, and it just wasn't plugged in, right? Like, and that, and and you're dealing with, like, and witnessing their own responses to aging, which sucks. No one wants to get older. And, like, that reality of I am now really old and I am really unable to do stuff is, it's hard. Like, my, my dad just, is happy to never go outside of the house, right? And I'm just like, well, that, that's not healthy, right? Like, you know, or, or, hey, look, we've got you with all these, like, new specialists, and, you know, all you have to do is change this and that, and it's going to make it better. And he's like, meh, not how I want to. Like, why are we going to this appointment then? If you're not going to do anything, well, it might be fun to find out. I'm like, all right, I'm not going to, like, force. And my mom, on the other hand, uh, is, like, that's been like a total joy. She's really had an opportunity to get back into like being social and, you know, she had been medicated very, very incorrectly for a long time in Alabama and was just like a zombie. And we got, by getting them out, like, we were able to help get that all sorted out. And she was, you know, mama again. And uh, they're old. They will not get better, you know? <laughs> so it's, it is an extra layer sometimes of like emotional uh, work that um, it's like, you gotta bounce between different responsibilities. Like I was in charge of making sure the school Halloween was going to be set up, right? And on the day that was like our first day of loading in and getting it set up at the school, I get this call from mom, mama, who's like, uh, you know, there's an update urologist and this is going wrong. And they wanted to, so I'm like literally just waving at volunteers, giving them keys and I'm doing it. I'm like, now I have to switch back? Like, it's uh, right? So, you know, oh, and I have to be nice to my children. So, um, but it's, it's, it is a joy, but it is also work. And um, yeah, you know, yeah. therapy, therapy, I'm, therapy. Yeah. And I'm sure that, you know, the distance would have created some amount of, you know, a huge amount of stress, yes. but also a bit of separation, right? Where now that proximity brings a different kind of, you know, like the reality of the situation a little bit more. Katie and I are both in the family farm situation where we are next door neighbors next to our in-laws <laughs> so uh that's a whole different dynamic but i mean one that you probably uh, <laughs> recognize a little bit too yeah. no um, that is a different that is a very different experience and again one of those uh you know i'm sure there are lots of assumptions made about like later you're going to ask me what i think about Bloody assumptions I have about farming life, and I got one when it comes to that. You can talk there all the time. All the time. I always yeah, said I would never 
live on the same farm as my in-laws. I was so horrified that people right? actually just lived like sure. right there. Yeah. And now like. Yeah. Yeah, there they are. Right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kitty's looking out her window. Yeah, yeah. They're right there. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So obviously we're farmers and we tend to, you know, hang out with other farmers and have been part of this lifestyle so we know what it's like so we're going to ask you to talk on behalf of all city people so mm. if you're ready ready for that um so we're wondering about some of the perceptions about farming and agriculture that either you have or that you see out there um you know like stuff around like organic stuff local you know like what is local food all those types of things i mean that's a huge topic it's a but huge you can just have, go wherever wait, you wait, want wait i have a, a quick part of the question too for us yeah. rural folks who are eventually going to like mingle with town folks again what's the thing that everybody knows about that we don't know about now because fucking uber okay let her answer the first question answer the give her the first question i want to know what the thing is that we are supposed to know about i hate to disappoint you but i assume that farmers are smart genius people who work hard we've actually so one good answer stefan's uh, oldest college friends, both of them, the Mannings, they live on a Manning farm out of Pennsylvania. They're dairy farmers and they, you know, have the compound with the brothers and the, <laughs> the parents and, you know, the farm kids. And it's like we would go when we lived on the East Coast, we would always go down and visit. And like that was where we were going to go if the apocalypse hit. It was like, it's three hours to get to the Manning Farm. And no matter where you are, we're meeting at the Manning Farm. Um, and being from Alabama, despite only having lived in cities, big cities, quote unquote, uh, I grew up with the assumption that, you know, cows were in my backyard. And, you know, like, I know people made a lot of assumptions about me being from the South. And so, um, my, in my twenties, I worked at an outdoor theater in Lexington, Virginia, which was very rural, very, you know, farm oriented. And, you know, I had to bust through my own stereotypes of going into like the restaurants, the diners in the morning, and you see, you know, people who you could easily dismiss as being uneducated or whatever, reading the New York Times having interesting discussions, right? And I was like, shame on me. And so um, I know that it takes a lot of education to run a farm. And I know that uh, it takes, a, it, the hours are nothing that I could imagine on top of kids, on top of relationships, on top, like all of that. Um, City folks, well, if I was talking to other city folks, I'd rather do that and tell them not to assume because um, that's a mistake. Uh, you know, we used to always say Alabama and the South had the worst PR, right? Like whoever was in charge of our PR was really bad because if the news was going to come, if something bad happened, they – and they – my father who used to do PR said – when the news cameras would come for something that happened on the University of Alabama campus or something, he was like, why do you guys always interview, you know, this small demographic of people who 
you know, and they're like, because that's what America wants to see. And I remember being like, that fucking sucks. So what, what we're sold, what we see, what just like Pottery Barn tells me that if I have all this white furniture, my children are going to be well behaved and happy doing things on their own. Um, uh, that was a good look, Katie. That's right. White furniture? What the fuck? Do you have children? Is that what I'm missing? That's what you're missing. Oh, and get a Pottery Barn catalog, and if it's all like laid out perfectly, then your children will be, uh, I guess, good. You'll be a good parent. Anyway. I'm just envisioning the literal shit show yeah. that was oh. my 10-month-old Australian Shepherd puppy <laughs> running through the cow lot last night and then running into the house. Into and cow. how... How white pottery barn would yeah, have white would have gone that. badly. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think quite honestly, if anybody from quote unquote the city was paid any attention, they should be aware of how hard it is and how like I mean, there's a lot of stuff I don't understand. Like I don't understand uh you know the government paying farmers to grow some things and not grow other things and how does that work and how do we have a lot of food and why are we still struggling with food and like you know like there's and fucking immigration that's a whole nother thing right like of just the the misunderstanding of how hard it is to work on a farm my favorite story and i don't know if this is a good match or not but one of my favorite stories was this a uh, tomato farmer in Alabama, and when everybody was like yelling about immigration, he said, "All right, you know, fine." And he opened it up for full American citizens to come in and work on that farm. And he said, "Most left the same day, or would go about two days and then quit." because the work was so hard and they didn't want to do it, right? And, you know, I, I just was so, I was so, like, in all of that discussion, and again, the simplicity of politicians trying to make it seem like things are one issue only and one side only and that they're not that there's not an intersection of so many of these different things um and that's not whose football team is better right like that that makes me crazy though alabama football is really good um so yeah i'm sorry i don't have like huge sweeping stereotypes there's things i don't understand but um i think farmers fucking work their asses off and you know yeah fucking beautiful so thank you thank you thank you Barbara what do you guys grow on your farm it's so hard for me not to be the interviewer here what type of farms do you guys work on that's fine yes yeah, so I am a dairy farm on the dairy, dairy farm um yeah so we're on my husband's multi-generational yep. farm and we also so we milk cows and also grow corn and soybeans and then hay to feed all the cows do with and then my cream we in Canada, the oh, dairy, Canada, yeah. yeah, so dairy industry is supply managed. So most um, of our dairy products all get sold to the same kind of to the dairy farmers of Ontario, in my case, and then it goes to manufacturers. So there are a handful of people in our province who do their own processing. But for the most part, we sell our milk and 
somebody out there makes ice cream with it yeah. for sure. But <laughs> we don't actually do any any processing on site. <laughs> and how about you, Katie? Is first, I think you should get some farmers on one bad mother. Obviously. Uh, okay. Well, you guys want to come okay. on and be on the and show? You can then. interview them. And that's yeah, you can true. Inter interview Arlene. She's probably a better spokesperson than I am. <laughs> uh, well, I could go down. Canadian. There are farms in Canada? Anyway, go ahead. I have learned so much about Canada in the last well, year. Sure. I had no idea the lack of knowledge that I was carrying. Oh, I always um, know how little I know. My <laughs> husband and I raise beef cattle and uh -huh. lambs on our kids are the fifth generation on the farm in Northeast Iowa. And so we sell animals. Um, we were doing direct marketing until COVID hit. And now we just sell to the sale barn. So they Well, see, now there's a good example. Sold. I'm in California. Yeah, and we've got the law that's going up in front of the Supreme Court. I don't know if they already had this argument about, because California says, this is with a pig, though. So, but I, this is with pork. But the Californians voted sometimes to say that um, any pork farmers that that the that the mother pig I can't it's a really good language uh, has to have a certain amount of space around them uh, and lots of times they are in spaces where they can't even turn around and that we won't buy that any pork that doesn't meet those standards I think that's right but the court case is can California dictate because 99% of our pork comes from out of state. Um, can they? Can that dictate how farmers raise their uh, the animals or how they produce? Can California dictate what a farmer does on in Iowa, for example? So see, that is, would be a whole other discussion that I would be fascinated in having. Sorry, everybody, we're derailing, but that's what I mean. Like, it's good to ask questions. Yeah, and so much of that does come down to somebody decided there should be a law, but that that same you know that same interest group potentially didn't think about the ramifications. Like, right. okay, sure, you can say that, right. <laughs> but what what does that mean for the people who who are producing pork? Why did they have those practices? What are you know yeah. what did, what are their barns set up like? Do you have a timeline? Do you have you know have you thought about what that what that actually means? How they would divide out you know, at, the, yeah. at a slaughtering plant, which pigs came from farms that had farrowing crates and which ones didn't, you know, like it, there's so much more beyond, let's say that we can't, we're not going to do that because right. it's inhumane. Well, says who? And <laughs> what well, does that also, mean? Yeah. Are you eating it? I mean, don't get me wrong. I, you know, I like to get the chicken eggs from the little chickens that run around free. That's fine. That's because I have a kid who's a vegetarian and like when they you know, won't eat a cupcake that has a Wookiee on it because of their... It's got a face. It's got a face, right? And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm not going to love face. Anyway, yeah. um, but that balance, but it's a discussion, right? Like, and that, I think that that's, isn't that just where we are? Look how one law can affect thousands and hundreds of thousands of people all over the place. Yeah. You can't talk and, about 
Yeah, that's right. And We're people making things. laws who don't actually understand the issues right. that they're making laws about, yeah, well, which we can, uh, which we can talk about in lots of different ways. Yeah. Say, you know, potentially women's bodies. Yeah, or... maybe. Right. <laughs> maybe, I just mean, hypothetically speaking. You do not keep the pig in the small case, but uh, women, you don't get to make choices. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's a different issue altogether. We just cut all this shit out. Sorry, see, this is yeah. why I derail. Half of my interviews are all just cut because I'm like, wait, what? Can we talk about that for a second? Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Arlene, I was just picturing getting uh, Biz and Corey Silverberg on at the same time. Be- oh, Corey Silverberg. That'd be a conversation. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, we, we were talking about consent and farm animals, and it went in lots of different directions oh, where he was sure. he was interviewing us. It was going to be a six-hour-long interview. Oh, that's, right. we that's called bonus content, ladies. Yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> Put that on Patreon. That's right. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, so we ask all of our guests, if you were going to dominate a category at the county fair and you can make one up, what would it be? This is a really good question. And I asked Stefan. I said, Stefan, what would it be? He's like, butter sculpting. I was like, no, for real. For real. No, butter sculpting is totally a real thing. No, Excuse I know me. it is. Well, yeah, but it, has she I ever sculpted I a butter? I could not. No, I, no, fair. Butter sculpting. Yeah. I have too much respect for fucking butter sculpting to say that I would dominate that. I would not. And there is With no experience. It would, I, with zero experience. Then Stefan says, I said, no, 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 the county fair, anything could be real or made up. And he was just paused and he goes, you would dominate running the county fair? And I was <laughs> you know what? I can put a good list together. I would. I would fucking love to run a county fair. Um, and uh, so management, management I would dominate. I would say it, it's so hard because I do love a fucking county fair. And I, I could have won a pig once when I lived in Virginia at a ring toss. And I was like, holy shit, what do you mean I could win a pig? Like a live pig. Like a live pig, I regret it. Oh, "Oh, I live in a place where you could legitimately take a pig home. That's a bit different than the, you know, like the win the goldfish situation. Yeah, the goldfish, which I would have killed immediately. Not a fish grower. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, I'm also good at lying to people. So anything in the, I'm good at convincing people of things that aren't true. So, Lying. Is there a Sweet. lying category? Well, you just made it up. I yeah. just made it up. And uh, before we before we started the interview, we were talking about sewing and all of our fabric stashes. Yeah. So at some point, you might have completed a quilt. Yeah, I do or... like making weird found object art. Like, I do like to make, like, oh, I walk through, like, a thrift store or, you know, a yard sale. And I'm like, oh, a cigar box. I'm going to put a little dog in it. And I'm going to paint it and then put, like, some cut out from a vintage cookbook, and then boom, I'm happy. <laughs> that sounds delightful. I'm sure there's a miscellaneous category yeah. in any of those uh, home craft catalogs. Yeah, yeah, if it yeah. doesn't fit, if it doesn't fit in any other category, enter your weird item here. That's correct. <laughs> in case anyone thought I was just getting real, real fucking defensive about the butter sculpting, the Iowa State Fair is world famous in some circles. Yes. For uh, the butter sculptures that grace the egg hallway, including uh, life-size dairy cattle made entirely out of butter. Um, The woman who at least used to do the sculptures did Elvis Presley entirely out of butter. She did the Beatles entirely out of butter. I mean, it's a... How do you... Have you ever We don't have a lot to be proud of, but we take it seriously. Oh, I would... Butter sculpting, again, 
I, it is out of respect, but I said I would not dominate that. Do you, have you butter sculpted? I have very warm hands. There's no I way. I know. See, that's how no. I would be like, I would melt it. Welcome to Cussing and Discussing. We have registered for an online platform called SpeakPipe, where you can leave your Cussing and Discussing entries for us, and we will play them on the show. So go to www.speakpipe.com backslash language and leave us a voice memo, or you can always send us an email at barnyardlanguage at gmail.com, and we can read it out for you. Uh, now I can't really start with my own Cussing and Discussing. Biz, what do you have to Cuss and Discuss? Uh, it's a... When is this coming out? It's election day. I can cuss and discuss. Uh, you know what? I don't know. I'm torn. I, I, I can always cuss and discuss uh, reproductive rights and reproductive justice and how those are well, justice is this intersection of all the things we've already talked about and everything else. So people don't want to admit that. Um, but for funsies. I will just say I am really tired of Christmas showing up uh, at Halloween. That is annoying and it bothers me and I'm not ready for Christmas or winter holidays. Uh, I just want to enjoy my candy. In fact, Stefan and I have decided that next year's Halloween display that we do in our front yard to scare the children of the neighborhood is to just make it be Christmas. Like, that's the horror, is that it's already Christmas, <laughs> and we only pass out candy canes. <laughs> and and that's it. That's it. So, that, I don't know. I don't know. I've spent the whole podcast cussing What's your and cussing disgusting. and disgusting? The ass toys that my kids want for Christmas. Oh, my God. My five-year-old asked for some first the other day she sees this shit on youtube you know and then she's like i want this thing and i was at target because i was in a big city <laughs> and i was like oh i should look for this thing and i find it and it's got eyeballs on the side that blink and like move from side to side on yeah. a purse it looks what? like a fucking taxidermied unicorn turned into a purse <laughs> but like still half alive i don't care how much she wants this thing there's no way in hell i'm bringing that into my house there's no Way. And it was like forty dollars. It loves you. Yeah. It loves you, it, Katie. It looked it loves like you. listeners of a certain age. It looked like a fucking Teddy Ruxpin turned into a purse. Ah! Nobody needs that. Nobody. I don't care it what does, she thinks. Does it say, <gasps> "Put it in me, Katie"? Put it in me, Katie. Have your puss. So mine is not Ali, Christmas related, and I turned off my camera, so hopefully my, my audio will come through. But this is where your body thinks that because you've got something important going on the next day that you should wake up a whole bunch of times through the night, which is really not helpful. So my husband's been away for a few days, and a bunch of our employees are also gone. So I'm, I've had to take on a few more responsibilities than I normally do on the farm. So I'm getting up only about 20 minutes earlier than usual. And yet I had to wake up at one and two and three and four just to check and the yeah. time and make sure that I didn't sleep in. And and I both days <laughs> I got up before my alarm, even though I didn't want to because it's already too early. It's like quarter after four in the morning. Like I don't need to get up any earlier than that. But yeah, yeah I just have to like yeah. make sure don't sleep in. <laughs> oh, yeah. Body, why? 
<laughs> go to yeah, yeah, or it'll sing me to sleep or something That'll creepy. Tell you what time to wake then up. I definitely won't have nightmares about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You have a lot of responsibility. Bring there. me to the barn with you. Everyone's counting on you. If you fuck this up, <laughs> yeah. that's right. It's like it's the guilt person. Right? <laughs> She's just got her head and... in her hands now. So thank you so much, Biz, for joining us on the podcast today. And Katie can cut this out if she wants because of it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to get cheesy here, but I just wanted to tell Biz in person that the One Bad Mother community and podcast has impacted both my parenting and my approach to my relationships with other people. And I've been more nervous for this episode than any other we've done because of how much I appreciate your work and the way you take the perspective that you take on life. And I have cried multiple times alongside other parents having breakdowns. And there were days when even just hearing you say that I was a doing doing a good job was enough to bring me to tears. So I wanna thank you and Teresa as well, if you can pass on the message to her for creating a space that can both be supportive, but also push us past our comfort zones to learn from each other and really listen to each other and, and to grow. So thank you, you're making a difference. You both are making a difference and we really appreciate you. Thank you, I, I really appreciate that that means a great deal and i am so fucking thrilled that you guys are doing this podcast i i am thrilled this is this is it's just an a, another opportunity to have people out in the world talking about stuff that no one wants us to talk about and and being able to be specific like, I can't talk about farming on the podcast. I got people come on to talk about, right? But, like, it, you guys are doing, you guys are doing such a good fucking job. You really, really are. You're doing a good job. And I, I appreciate the opportunity to come So, on if people want to find you online or learn more about One Bad Mother, where should they go? So, you can go to... Uh, I'm horrible at social media, everybody. But you can always find One Bad Mother podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can find out more about One Bad Mother uh, through MaximumFun.org. Uh, and I, we do have an Instagram, uh, One Bad Mother's Instagram, that I'm horrible at keeping up with. I apologize to all guests. Uh, and Facebook. And uh, we did put out a book a couple of years ago. Uh, that is called A Hundred Ways, no, I'm sorry, it's not what it's called. It's called <laughs> You Are Doing a Good Job, A Hundred Ways You're Winning at Parenting, uh, which is just a very easy book to read in the bathroom when you're hiding and just need somebody to tell you that you're doing a good job. Perfect. So. Thank you so much. Neither of us has ever had to hide from our kids. I don't know what kind of mother... I, I am. Hide from her precious angels. <laughs> <laughs> I almost See, got Are you done yet? Like They're sticking their hands under the door. You know, I'm like, you done? I, again, yelled so loud with the windows open because it was fall uh, at one point to the children. Oh, no, after.
sure I had already said, I'm using the bathroom. I'm going to use the bathroom. That's where I will be. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, everybody in the neighborhood now See? knows. See, bonuses to farm life. <laughs> Nobody knows. No one can hear. Yeah. No one can hear me no one, scream. No one can hear you. No <laughs> Is one this knows. a good thing or a bad thing? Depends on the That's day. Right. <laughs> I love Ooh. my kids. Will will ask. You know, they'll. I'll tell them I'm in the bathroom, and then they'll stand at the door and go, "Are you still in there?" No, I fucking climbed out the window. Yeah. Where do you think I went? <laughs> you should not answer at one point in time. You should just be yeah. really annoying. Our bathroom door doesn't lock, which is uh, doesn't either. oversight on my part. But. Yeah. yeah, no, it's not a big deal. Thank you for joining us today on Barnyard Language. If you enjoy the show, we encourage you to support us by becoming a patron. Go to www.patreon.com backslash language to make a small monthly donation to help cover the costs of making the show. Please rate and review the podcast and follow the show so you never miss an episode. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as Barnyard Language, and on Twitter, we are Barnyard Pod. If you'd like to connect with other farming families, you can join our private Barnyard Language Facebook group. We're always in search of future guests for the podcast. If you or someone you know would like to chat with us, get in touch. We are a proud member of the Positively Farming Media Podcast Network.